Hello again, and welcome to Crime and Music. I'm your host, Brian J. Kinsley, and with me as always, my friend, Ben Rupel. With, with you. And with you. <laughs> with, with, they don't know. Oh, so, with you virtually. Through the magic of the internet, every other week, Ben and I'll bring you a new true crime podcast about people in and around the music industry and their misadventures into law-breaking. If you like that sort of thing, share with a friend, tell a relative. Right now, we're trying to get people in Europe. So if you know anyone who lives in Europe, any part of Europe is fine. Spain, uh, Andorra. Jeez, I don't a- know, Andorra. Where where we go from Spain to Andorra. <laughs> I went to college with a guy from Andorra. It was nice. I know that trivia. Uh, so. Wasn't the bewitched um, grandmother's name Andorra? I think it was close. Oh, well, yeah. All right. All right. Yeah. Uh, if you don't have friends in Europe, uh, I'm saying Europe, yep. by the way. I'm just using the yep. North American uh, mid-Atlantic Stur- accent. Stur- yep. uh, if not, and you have friends in the Atlantic Northeast, we need that as well. So if you know someone who's Maine in the main. Send them an episode. Tell them your send them your favorite episode. Tell them to check us out. That would be a big help. Find us on all the social medias at Crime in Music or give us an email feedback at crimeinmusic.com. Uh, my favorite is a speak pipe. So uh, go to our website. That's hit no, the speak pipe that's button. That's my favorite. I I'll fight you for it. Okay, it's <laughs> our both favorite. We'll share. But all if right. you like guys, you can actually leave a voicemail message with us. Just go to the uh, the website, drop down the speak pipe, hit the button, record a message. No matter what, you'll uh, be able to leave a message with us. You don't have to leave your email name or any other type of identifier. I'm just off the rails at this point. And and you're part so and long. you're part of the show. You are, yeah. yeah. And there's actual there's speak pipes coming up later today, so you'll hear some of them. Um, so, uh, I just want to let every, do that too. Uh, let everybody know, though, Brian. The only reason I'm even doing this is because we have feedback. We got we got speak pipe stuff. Brian told me we had some other other. Oh, that sounds like a daddy pop just came out. Oh yeah. Uh, we have some other people on at the end of the show, so that's that's what really you know gets uh gets me in the in the virtual studio here, hearing from the people that you know we're people. Okay, we're people. We have feelings, and just want to shout out to one of the mascots in the studio. Passed away here. How long ago, Brian? A couple months, about a month ago. About a- oh yeah, no, yeah. okay, about a month ago. Yep, yep, yep. It's one of his two huge, uh, uh golden retrievers. Passed away. Always, and, uh, always with the dogs, people. We're dog people. So if you're dog, dog people too, hey, you know what? That's the thing I said for people uh, around when that happened. I was like, hey, we're dog people too. So send us a picture of your dog on any of the social medias. Send me an Instagram of your dog. Let's see what the listeners of Crime and Music's dog family looks like. I would be curious to that. So you just have dogs. I got a cat and a frog. Two dogs, <laughs> a cat and a frog. That's pretty good. <laughs> Brian, so we're, we're recording from uh, home today. Brian and I are not in the same studio. It no. was a it was a matter of not as much uh, COVID prevention, but just I uh, what would you call it ease of uh, uh, we had to get our schedules synced. This is the way we schedules, do it. man. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so we're getting ready. We're talking back and forth, and Brian says he's like, "Hey, dude, you got somebody like running some water in the background? Well, you got some <laughs> somebody taking a shower? What what's that noise? It was like I don't know. Nobody's in here. I kicked the family out. I the TV's on mute and." He's like, it's like a trickling. And I was like, oh, yeah, that's the fish tank. I'll unplug that. So I got a, I got an African water frog over there in the corner. Big, wow. huge, white, huge, like, black fangs on its teeth. Or on its, uh, Jeez, on its feet. What? Not on its teeth. No, not, oh. not teeth. And <laughs> it, <laughs> my brother gave it to us as a joke um, 10 years ago. The things lived. Wow. To be, they lived to be like 20. 
your frog outlived my dog. Yeah, that's not help. supposed to happen. <laughs> that little amphibian's gonna outlive a lot of dogs. Oh my god! Uh, what's it taste like? Chicken. Chicken. Uh, no, I, I assume you're licking this toad. So that's what a lot of people do. They get those African toads in so they can go trip and Joe Rogan see the moon. No, no, I'm not. I, no, <laughs> nobody in the house even likes touching that thing. It'll come up. You put your finger in the tank. It'll come up and bite your finger. Well, with those fangs, I'm not letting it do that. Well, claws. Talons. It's got talons. <laughs> Big, huge talons. It's a griffa frog. What are you? What are you doing, Dungeon Master? What What have you brought into this world? Yeah, yeah. It's a Pokemon frog. It's like that Simpsons when Bart, like, uh, they're busted on Harry Potter, and he makes a frog prince. It's like I'm not supposed to be alive. <laughs> <laughs> I, I. It seems like decades ago I gave up on the Simpsons, and and it was. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah. They're still around though. But uh, they're still. Things like we'll never die. <laughs> Speaking of the Simpsons, today in this episode, we're going to talk about three things. Jessica Simpson. We're going we're to talk about trend setting. OJ Simpsons. OJ Simpson. Well, that's true. Perseverance. Trend setting. Perseverance. Okay. And commies. Commies. We're Where a little boy like you hear a you word like that. Like that. All right, are you ready for Guess the Guess? Guess the Guess. All right, this time on Guess the Guest. I'm going to name things. You're going to have to guess them and see if you know who they are. All right. Well, this person is... What, one of my things I like to do is try to see if you give up any like information before we start. And so you didn't... You gave up a couple things, but I think they're rather cryptic. I haven't limited, limited it to a... Uh, Male or a female, a group, an individual. So, all right, uh, it's gonna be a toughie. All right. Oh, first question though, I get to ask: Do I know who this is? Absolutely. Okay, I like those. These are the ones I have fun with. <laughs> all right, here we go. Technicolor Tessie. Technicolor Tessie. I'm going with a lady at this point, possibly. Um, Mama Cass. Uh, no. Because I'm thinking techni- Technicolor, I'm thinking that that age where we went from black and white to color. You got a minute, and I got a bunch more hints. Okay, if you go, want. Ahead, go, ahead, go ahead, go ahead, go ahead, roll them Ricardo, out. Alberto, Fernando, Ricardo, Ida, Aka. Ricky Martin. Ooh, there's a Ricky in there, but not Ricky Martin. Queen of the B movies. Ricky, uh, Ricky, San, uh, Ricky Ricardo. <gasps> That's one of them. Cuban what? conga drummer. So, first lady of television. Desi Arnaz? Well, again, you got one of them, so... Lucille Ball? Hey! All right. That's what we're doing. Today, we're doing I Love Lucy, Lucille Ball, and Desi Arnaz. Oh, man, I'm going to have to send this one to my old man. Oh, we'll see if we get half of this stuff right. He's a huge fan. He's a big fan. <laughs> well, good. Uh, she had a lot of big fans, so hopefully this will be a good one. <laughs> so that's who we're talking about. August 6, 1911, born Lucille Desiree Ball. Uh, Lucille Ball in uh, 69th Stewart Avenue, Jamestown, New York, USA, to parents Henry Durrell Ball, her dad, and Desiree Dee Dee Evelyn Ball, her mom. Her ancestors were mostly English, but a few were Scottish, French, and Irish, so she's got that going for her. 
Were uh, they the ones responsible for the ball jar, the Mason ball jar? Uh, they could have been. I will tell you some of her uh, earliest settlers in the 13 col- colonies were the balls. Oh, so, uh, yeah, her, right. her family belonged to the Baptist Church. Her father was a lineman for Bell Telephone. Uh, as part of her dad's work for Bell Telephone, he's frequently transferred. He's got to move around the country. The family moves often. They move from uh, Jamestown there, like I was telling you, to Anaconda, Montana. Then they're on to Trenton, New Jersey. And February 15th, uh, 1915, while living in Wyandotte, Michigan. Oh, Michigan. All right. Yes, uh, living in Wyandotte, Michigan. Her father dies of typhoid fever at seven, uh, at twenty-seven years old, and Lucille Ball is only three. So we we, we don't hear a lot of people dying of typhoid anymore these years. I mean, unless you're playing Oregon Trail or something. <laughs> what that, right? That's the only time I've heard of it. That's I was like, oh, this is about Wyandotte, and then I'm like, oh, he dies of typhoid. I'm like, oh. Huh. And he not, got past it. He got past the dysentery. <laughs> that was the hardest part for me. Drowned, uh, drowned in the river. Tried to cock the wagon. Should have hired an Indian. When you try to fjord the river, man, those damn cattle drowned, and then the whole everything gets all chucked in. Anyway, oxen, it doesn't matter. Oxen, your oxen drowned. Even worse than her dad dying at the time of his death, Dee Dee, her mom, is pregnant with her second kid, and uh, balls. Which we'll get to her nickname of Balls <laughs> later. That's that's literally what they called her. So uh, balls, oh, balls. Ba- balls recalls little from that day her father died, except uh, there was a bird that got trapped in the house, which caused her to have lifelong ornithophobia, or fear oh, really? of how birds. Old, how old was she when her dad died? Well, let's see, 1915, she was born 11, in four. 11, so call her yeah. four. Yeah, three, three, yeah. four. Okay. So... Uh, Ball's mom returns to New York, where her maternal grandparents, Ball's that is, like, so she, her mom goes back to her grandparents, her mom's house, and uh, they raise her and her brother Fred in Cilaron, um, New York. That's a summer resort uh, on the village of Lake Chattaquitta, 2.5 miles west of downtown Jamestown. Cilaron Park is a popular amusement area in the United States, and at the time, its boardwalk had a ramp to the lake that served as a children's slide. There was the pier ballroom. They had a roller coaster, a band stage, uh, and another stage where vaudeville concerts and regular theatrical shows were put on. Uh, clue the kids in on what vaudeville was. Um, that was like the TV without the TV. Bunch of small acts that go on small stages. There you go. Vaudeville was a bunch of, I mean, it might be acting, it might be singing, it might be a knife-throwing magic act, it might be people, that's... When you think of vaudeville, the first thing that comes to my mind is when there was an act up on stage right. that was not good, or you know, the the crowd at least didn't think it was good. That's when they'd start like throwing you know rotten fruit at them, tomatoes and <laughs> crap like that. But it was a very um, a free, open sort of air acting entertainment, um, and that's where a lot of what we saw early on in television came from. Was a lot of these vaudeville acts came in. You know, whether it was a magic act or a singing act or a quick uh, Abbott and Costello sort of thing. But I don't know. I think that's a vaudeville. Yeah, man. But where, what, where was this at New York? What was the name of the city? The name of the city was Celeron C- Park. C-E-L-O-R-O-N Park. Celeron Park. Chattaquitta. Uh, Lake Chattaquitta. Chappaquiddick? No, not. No, no. <laughs> not going there. You want to check out other true crime stories and shows? You go ahead. I think like, he just blamed that on bad directions. Like I, I wanted to turn left. It went right. It was slippery. 
Um, let's see here. So yeah, they were doing vaudeville shows up there. They move uh, Balls and her brother Fred. Um, four years after her dad's death, Dee Dee, Ball's mom, uh, marries Edward Preston. Now, while her mother and stepfather look for work in another city, Ed's parents cared for uh, Balls and her brother. So now you got the stepdad's parents watching you. And so yeah. uh, her step-grandparents are puritanical Swedish couple who banished all mirrors from the house except for over the bathroom sink. That makes total sense to me. Well, sure. <laughs> Don't want to steal my spirit, get it no. trapped in a mirror. I've seen it's, Cinderella. I've been to Ikea. They're not big on mirrors. They'll get you some meatballs, but you, there are no mirrors around. Is that seriously? Is that, are the Swedish do have a problem with mirrors? But no, I don't know. No. Oh. Don't <laughs> Look into bold, it, everybody. That's a bold statement there, Mr. Brian. Taking a swing at the Swedes. Uh, I'll tell you why. Because uh, one time when Balls was young, she was caught admiring herself in the mirror, and she got screamed at for being vain. <laughs> Quote, unquote, admiring. <laughs> that sounds like there's a little bit more of that story. Just looking at myself. Uh, when Balls turned 12, her stepfather encouraged her to audition for the Shriners organization that's in need of uh, entertainers for the chorus line for their next big show. Okay. So Shriners are just a local fraternal group, and uh, you know they put on shows and stuff. While Balls is on stage, she realizes performing is a great way to gain praise, and her appetite for recognition is born. She's like, oh, this is awesome. Addicted so today, to the limelight. Today she would just be a podcaster. Oh, well, or YouTuber probably. She like the visuals. I- I do, I do, I do like the nickname because you know if if anybody's been listening to our shows for a while, they'll notice that we don't. Or Brian doesn't necessarily use the name of the subject whom we're talking about. You already uh, have the fame. You don't need me boosting you up more. All right, yeah. So I mean, <laughs> what up, balls? <laughs> so, we'll get there. We'll get there. I, that's explained away. She is actually given that nickname. Um, let, we'll get there. Hey, I think it's funny. I'm I'm a I'm a ten year old trapped in a forty plus year old. My my mentality really never got out of eighth grade. I know, dude. This keeps coming up in my life, and uh, man, that's a hearty drink you got there. I can hear it all the way through the phones. It's a Good little, lord! Little, little gin and tonic action. Sounds like a gallon jug right there with some uh, ice in it but uh no i've been talking people lately and i keep think coming back to this thing about like yeah i don't think like a 40 year old guy you know like i thought like i would think older when i got older but i still have the same sort of thoughts and drives and goals and stuff as back like in my 20s and stuff like that you know it's like i I feel like like mutual funds and like i have enough life insurance you know but no, man, I still want to, like, get on stage and rock out and have dreams of uh, stardom like that and, like, playing big concerts and, like, you know, I still, like, make stupid wishes about, I don't know, whatever, yeah, pro, wrestling, pro wrestling, like, oh, if I could pull an F5 on somebody in a bar fight, you know, like, dumb shit like that. So, yeah, like, me too. I thought I, I'd I grow out the, of it. <laughs> the exact same things. I'm like, but now when I go to think, oh, I'm a... But, you know, if I get in a fight, I, I really would like to do a figure four on this guy. There you go. But I better stretch first. That's the only difference. <laughs> do you mind if I ease down to the ground, please? I'm going to plant a hand and uh, sort of scoot down there. I don't want to just drop to my back. A couple, couple toe touches first, maybe, you know? I don't want to pull a hammy. I will fully admit, the other day, I was feeling great, man. I mean, I've got the COVID-20 on me. I'll admit that, too. But uh, I went down to pick up the lid to the toilet seat, and my back was like, Ugh! I'm like, oh, God. 
I caught it. I caught it. I, I didn't go full back spasm. I caught it. I was like, oh, no. Okay. I know this. Just remain calm. Just remain calm and breathe. And I'm like, okay. So When you know where all three bottles of Tylenol are at in your house, <laughs> you might be in your 40s. Uh, so... She is not in her 40s yet, but there is a 40 in her age, uh, a four that is, 1925. Age 14, Ball starts dating Johnny DeVita, a 21-year-old local hoodlum. Four, four, a 14-year-old and a 20, nah, that's wrong, man, yeah, even her, back then. Her mother was super unhappy about it, and she hoped the romance would burn out. But after a year, her mother tries to separate them by exploiting Ball's desire to be in show business. You just say stop. You just, as a parent, you're like, no, you're 14, he's 21. No, enough. Stop. <laughs> we can't. We can't do that. Stop it. Although back stop. in those days, he might have offered a good dowry. They might have got a couple goats and a cow. I mean, you never know. Why is it always a goat thing with the dowry? I don't get it. <laughs> I think it has something to do with the the golden fleece. To be honest with you, I believe eh. that's a the thing. Uh, but no fleecing going on here. 1926, age 15, um, her mom enrolls balls in the John Murray Anderson School for the Dramatic Arts in uh, New York City. I think she went into House Slytherin. Harumph, harumph. Betty Davis, she was in uh, Hufflepuff, and she was a fellow student, if you know Betty Davis. Oh, I feel like that'd be about the same time. Betty maybe Davis Betty Davis is a little, little younger. Uh, I think just a bit, maybe. Yeah. A quote from Balls about that time in her life. She said, quote, all I learned from drama school was how to be frightened. I can't do that one. Let's think of another one. All I, uh, no, I don't uh, Man, how does Balls sound? What do we got I think here? you got to get more of that mid, uh, mid-Atlantic accent. All I learned at drama school was how to be frightened. Instructors felt that she would not be successful in the entertainment business and were uh, unafraid to tell her. They're like, you suck. I don't know why you're here. They were Leave. afraid. They were afraid of her. It said unafraid to tell her. So oh oh, they weren't. They told her all the time, <laughs> right in her face. <laughs> so you suck. I'm sorry. I don't know what else to tell you. <laughs> it didn't. Uh, it was, stick to it, there, balls. Trust me, it works out for you. 1927, age 16. Her family is forced to relocate to a small apartment in Jamestown after their house and furnishings were sold to settle a financial legal judgment. Okay, things did not get better. Um, what happened? A neighborhood boy was accidentally shot and paralyzed by someone target shooting in their yard under the supervision of Ball's grandfather. And so apparently grandpa wasn't keeping an eye on the kids. Somebody took a shot to the back and got paralyzed. And I their guarantee family had to sell al- everything. There's alcohol involved in that one. The kids are fine. Ah, here's a gun. Shoot. shoot. Aim them that way. You guys are fine. I don't know. They're, I see them. <laughs> I just took a little lead in the back. He'll be fine. Yeah, that's terrible. Uh, 1928, age 17, Balls is determined to prove her teachers wrong. She returns to New York City. She starts working for the Hattie Carnegie. Uh, well, Hattie Carnegie is a fashion designer, and she works as an in-house model. Uh, unfortunately, she becomes ill with rheumatic fever and is unable to work for two years. So, What is up with all these little old-timey diseases that we got going on? Jeez. Might have to do with vaccines. I mean, I'm just, I'm just saying. I don't want to. I don't want to wade into that one, but... <laughs> Getting a little political here, Brian. Just, just hey, man. 
So uh, anyway, something that's not political, 1932, she moves back to New York City. Uh, after the rheumatic fever is settled, she resumes her pursuit of an acting career. She supports herself by working as a Carnegie with uh, Hattie Carnegie again as a fashion model. And she's a Chesterfield cigarette girl. Cigar, cigarette. All my friends know Chesterfield is my brand. Is Was she working like in movie theaters and and or uh, uh, you know theaters i mean is that in that where they did that i think she's actually in the ads if uh i'm being honest oh, she's okay. a, she's a very pinup style at this time okay i don't think of her as a sex symbol i don't no you wouldn't but if you see some of the pictures she was that's that if you didn't ever hear her talk <laughs> uh, like a fran drescher you're like oh wow she's really pretty oh god that's what's talking okay brian so being the misogynist is really kind of my thing. So. Oh, I'm sorry. I'll let you do that. All right. Thanks, bud. I appreciate let me, that. Let me hand it off. No, <laughs> Lucille Ball's pretty. I mean, she is. She's pretty. So she yeah, also happens yeah. to be really funny. Well, I think when she started getting into, when we all think of I Love Lucy and all that crap, um, she was older. And she was also portrayed as a married woman. They didn't dress her oh, up. Spoilers, any- dude. We'll get there. Anything. So, I mean, I could I could see, you know, especially back in those days, all the curly Nights. hair and the yep. big lipstick and the eyelashes. Sure. Oh, uh, we should describe her for people who uh, don't. Uh, what do you, I mean, I don't know. Red hair. I guess that was her big defining feature. She's a redhead. She was so. curvy. She was. I mean, it wasn't like she was some little thin rail. <sighs> she was no. Sorry, Michelle. That's for you, Val. We'll get there. <laughs> no, she was. Um. Big lips, big yeah, eyes. Yeah. yeah, look up Lucy Big eyelashes. Tell, tell me what you think, guys. Kind, kind of that pinup girl look, I guess, especially back in her younger years. You uh, know there that? you go. That's what I'm yeah. saying. So she takes that pinup girl work, and she gets uh, chorus work on Broadway. But it doesn't last long. But she's hired again. But she's quickly fired again. Uh, you are on point with the soundboard tonight, Brian. She's at the uh, theater impresario. Uh, there's this guy, Earl Carroll, uh, and he's got this vanity show, and he's the last one to fire her. But then again, she's hired by Florence Ziegfeld. So he's got a touring company, uh, the Rio Rita. And uh, so she started its tour as like a dancer, chorus girl, 1933. After an uncredited part as a Goldwyn girl in the movie Roman Scandal, Balls moves permanently to Hollywood to appear in films. So now she's making a run at the acting. Well, I mean, wow, she's been in and out of jobs in the in, in this industry for a while now. She's she had a lot of had a lot of stick to itiveness. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. She well, did, she did gonna, not give up. I mean, this we're going to keep with short- it. A short period of time. Let me tell you how much stick she has. She's got a bunch of small roles uh, in movies in the 1930s. She's got a, she got a job at RKO Radio Pictures as a contract player. So anytime they needed extra people in the movies, they call her up and they're like, hey, we need a redhead. And she's like, cool. Uh, she's in two real comedy shorts with three stooges. So if you look up three little pigskins, she's in that one. And she's in a movie with the Marx Brothers called Room Service. So she's working with, like, the top of the top of the comedy at that time. So I was just watching Star Trek um, Voyager. Remember that? I mean, that was kind of like after the next generation. What, oh, no, Jane, it was after Janeway? Jane. Yeah, Janeway, that one. In, you know uh, who? <laughs> so, Chakotay I mean, there's, Seven? Chico- yes, yes, I, yes. Look at it. you go, man. Oh, dude, I'm a Neelix fan. 
So there was a uh, uh, a young Sarah Silverman in that. In, oh, in, really? Yeah, and I mean she was she's pretty she pretty pretty freaking hot back then. I mean she's not bad. Pretty hot now, no. yeah. I was yeah. Say. But I mean she was uh, very young, not edgy at all. But she was a. I think I think she's actually maybe a good actress. Uh, might be. I've seen her in a yeah. couple films. I think as a, uh, like a just actress or act actor. Actress. That's what female actors are, right? No, 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 no. We don't no? say actors are just actors. There's no gender there. Are you sure? Hundred percent. Like comedian uh, is no longer a term. What? Do you, what? What is the term? They're just comedians. What do you say? Would you say comedian? No, you would say it's just a comedian. Look well, at that I lady. Would... She's a funny comedian. That 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 I agree with. But there's actors and actresses. No. No. Nope. They're just all actors now. Yeah? Yeah. All right. Now, some people who are also actors, uh, 1936 is Fred Astaire and Ginger Rogers. Have you heard of them? I've heard. I, they dance a lot. They I was never dance into a that. lot. Yeah. Never into those. My Again, my old man will watch all that crap. He loves it. He thinks it's great. Oh, man. I want to walk into like a crystal ballroom sort of thing like Indiana Jones style with a band and a clamshell and the whole bit, man. That'd be sweet. Like where you're where you're tap dance and then you run up on a wall and do a flip. That would be cool too. Yeah. I'm out. I'm out. No. If I'm all in right. the crowd watching that crap, I'm just like, all right, I'm gonna go take a pee real quick and grab another beer at the bar. All right. Tell me when this tell me when this bit's done. What was that uh what was that movie that came out that was like that? Ryan uh pr- the pretty boy guy. Uh, oh god, I'm dying. Reynolds? No. What do you want? What do you want? Just tell me what you want. What oh, do you want? Yeah, the yeah, I never saw it. I've seen the that clip. guy, but with uh, La La Land, that's what it was. Yeah. So basically, if you guys, if you aren't familiar with uh, Fred Astaire and Ginger Rogers, it's the people who sort of invented that La La Land style. And Balls was one of the featured models uh, in movies with those people in musicals like Roberta, nineteen thirty-five, and then she played a flower girl in Top Hat, also in nineteen thirty-five. And uh, she's a brief supporting role in following, uh, Follow the Fleet, 1936. Ooh, that sounds blue. All right. Uh, <laughs> Ginger Rogers and Balls were uh, distant maternal cousins. So apparently their moms were cousins. Yeah, that's so that's small world. I guess now it was it's actually nepotism. a small world back there. <laughs> no, it was. It was a much smaller world back then. Um. 1936, she lands a role she hoped would lead her to Broadway in the Barlett Cormac play Hey Diddle Diddle. It's a comedy set in a duplex apartment in Hollywood. And, um, you know, it's one of those things like opening doors, man, the neighbors are crazy. And then they shut the doors and then the neighbor opens the door. Boy, my neighbors are weird. You know, like one of those. What, what those year is things. about what year is this right here where we're talking? 1936. In case, is this, this got to be before color TV, right? Oh, yeah. Yep. Yeah. Okay. For sure. All right. This set in stage. So now she's in this play, right? Hey, Diddle Diddle. And uh, it's going to be the next big thing for her. And it was not well received. The play closed after one week in D.C. No, 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 no. That's not why, though, guys. The star, Conway Tyrrell, um, he was in poor health and he died. So, jeez. Yeah, so she's out of work again. Now, uh, when Balls registered to vote in 1936, she made an interesting choice. She listed her party affiliate her party affiliation as communist along with her brother and her mother. Oh, so she was a commie. Well, 
1937, a Hollywood writer said that she attended a Communist Party membership meeting at Ball's house. Now, the writer said Balls was not there, but she had approved the meeting at her home. Balls and Ginger Rogers team up again. Uh, they play aspiring actresses in the stage film, uh, or in the film, Stage Door, along with Katherine Hepburn. Wow, that's a big, that's a star-studded little lineup right there they got. Yes, I would Maybe say. Maybe they didn't know it back then, but. No, but, Yeah. Like many budding actresses, Balls uh, picked up radio work to supplement her income, gain a little exposure, be seen and heard by the, well, be heard by the people, much as we're seen. Hi, waving. Uh, she appeared regularly on the Phil Baker Show. Uh, when its run ended in 1936, Balls joined the cast of The Wonder Show, starring Jack Haley. Phil Baker? Yes. Phil Never Baker. Well, and you didn't hear of The Wonder Show starring Jack Haley because The Wonder Show lasted one season. It was not well received. Speaking of one season. <laughs> okay, where, where are we going? What are Firef- we doing? Firefly. Oh, yay, all right. I'll give you a Firefly. All right, I've never seen it, and I've heard oh. it's great. Oh, it's, it's a Western. You'd love it. It's right up my alley on so many fronts from what I've heard. Hundred percent, but but why but, not? but it's <laughs> only one season. <laughs> There's two movies. I mean, but is there any is there any closure? Yeah, with the movies, you have to watch the is movies there? for closure. Yeah. Okay. Well, Maybe. I did not know there were two movies, so I've always been very hesitant to you know in, in invest any of my any of my interest in this when I know it's just going to be like over because no. everybody 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 i've ever heard that's seen the shows tells you they should have kept freaking going oh they should have absolutely they should have should uh, have all right and much like firefly some other things that they should have kept going 1939 balls auditions for the role of scarlett o'hara in gone with the wind oh did she get it no, Vivian Lee got the part, oh. but she also won an Academy Award for the Best Actress for that part, so I guess she was supposed to have it. You know, I've never seen that movie. Nah, me neither. Yeah. Frankly, I, and I, and, and frankly like ben, Firefly, I don't want it. <laughs> frankly, Ben, I don't give a damn. I know. Hey! <laughs> Nailed it. And I don't have any real want to see it. No, but nah. one mo- I bet you that you're going to want to see this one, 1940. Balls appears in the lead musical, Too Many Girls, when she meets and falls in love with Desi Arnaz. He plays one of the characters for Bodyguards in the movie, much like what? the movie Bodyguard. Why, why would I want to see that? Because uh, it's called Too Many Girls. <laughs> no, no. Like okay. a, skin, uh, a skin flick or something? or. No, dude. It's a movie about a guy who falls in love with bodyguards. Oh, wow. Okay, so maybe. And I... <laughs> Is this a, the, 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 the was was this the Omega oh. Man to the uh to it the uh, <laughs> What was it? Omega Man was the Bring it around, the, buddy. Come on. What, what was the Will Ferrell movie that he played the they fight zombies? Um Will Ferrell fought zombies? No, Will Will Smith. I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> no, was, the, Will right, Ferrell go. fights zombies. That's a legend I gotta see. Let me tell you. 
Uh, uh, good, good job, thanks, Brian. Yeah, no, you're you're welcome. Uh, in the '40s, Balls signs with Metro Goldwyn Meyer. I don't have a lion sound. I'm sorry. Um, but she never achieves major stardom in the movies. No, she uh, didn't. No, not not at first. No. No, she was actually known in Hollywood circles as the Queen of the Bees. Uh, not that because uh, she had a bunch of beehives or nothing, but she starred in a number of bee movies, such as Five Came Back. 1943, Balls portrays uh, herself in the musical Best Foot Forward. 1946, she stars in a rom-com. 47, she appears in a murder mystery lured as and these Sandra are all Carpenter. Mo- these are all B-movies? Yeah. You know, she... I just looked up John Wayne the other day on IMDb, okay. and he had a, most of his career was B-movies. Like early on in the... You know, like early on in his career, he didn't. That's get how to, you start, man. Sure, back then, and that's about the same time too, because there's a ton of John Wayne black and whites. Oh yeah, yeah, know? John Wayne, man. He is uh, doing Ms. pretty well Parker. this time too. We'll get there. Oh no, no, no! We'll leave Sarah Jessica right. Parker alone. I'm not going into that. All right, all right. Uh, uh, like Sarah Jessica Parker, 1948, Balls is cast as Liz Cooper, a wacky wife, in the radio show My Favorite Husband. Is this now getting into the uh, I Love Lucy uh, sort well, of vein? Hold, hold your horses there, buddy. Yeah. <laughs> I'm, I'm waiting for it. I'm also waiting for some crime. So can we get to that? We'll get there. We'll get, we always get there. We'll get there. All right. So my favorite husband, who you, you are my favorite husband, just so you know, Ben. It's a radio show by CBS Radio. The show's successful, finally. CBS asked Balls to develop it for television. They're like, I love hearing you talk about it. I want to see it. I want to see it. I, I love hearing you talk. I got to see you, girl. And so she agrees, but she insists on working with her real-life husband and Cuban band leader, Desi Arnaz. (laughs) March 8th, 1894, born... I'm going to try my best, guys. Desiridirio Alberto Arnaz y da Aca III in Santiago de Cuba, Cuba. Nailed it. Totally nailed it. I guarantee you. Well, if I'll you a- said that, if you said that in Cuba today, they would they would they hand they would hand you a uh, uh, what was a shy shy shaguarat the who is one of the guys that helped make Cuba Cuba. Oh, I'm not doing this. I don't even know. I don't. I don't know if we're heard in Cuba. Uh, reach out if you guys listen to us in Cuba for real. I don't. I don't know. But do you uh, think a lot of '57 Chevys got you know the? Uh, uh, I want to go so bad. And just look at those cars. I really love that. It'd be great. Uh, I and think people you can. Who, I people who can. had some of those cars well actually you know what they didn't have those cars because this is 1894 and uh desirido alberto arnez e d albini the second his dad and dolores de acá his mom de acha cha i'm just gonna go with the acha uh his father was santiago's youngest mayor the city of santiago he oh, also really? yeah he also served in the cuban house of representatives um, his maternal grandmother was Alberto Daga, an executive at a rum producer at Bacardi and Company. Oh, wow. The family owned three ranches. They had a huge palatial home. They had a vacation mansion on a private island in Santiago Bay, Cuba. And so following the Cuban Revolution in 1933, led by Fulgencio Batista. Oh, by Batista. He's not a good guy. Yeah, uh, he overthrew the president, Gerardo Machado. Alberto Arnez was jailed. All of his property was confiscated. Um, he was released after six months when his brother-in-law, Alberto de Aca, intervened on his behalf. The family fled to Miami. Um, that's where uh, 
Arnez uh, attended St. Patrick Catholic High School in Miami Beach. The summer of 1934, he attended St. Leo Prep near Tampa. That really works on his English, so he's, he's, he's speaking the language here in America. His first job's working at Woolworths in Miami. Always got to like a good Woolworths. It's kind of a fall fall, fall to grace there, isn't it? Fall Afraid so. Yeah. Afraid so. When there's a revolution and you're not on the side that wins, yeah, you I lose mean, out big, man. Uh, yeah, he had to come in and like be a person. Afraid so, right? Yeah. We yeah. talk about this. Mow your lawn. I mean, you, you know. Better my, mow your own lawn, dude. Mow your own lawn, buddy. Um, he goes into business with his father before turning to show business full time. So uh, he's got the business sense worked in there. After finishing high school, Arnie forms a band. Arnie. Yeah. I'm going to go with Arnie. Arnez. Okay. All right. So Arnie. Arnie. Arnie, Arnie and uh, balls. Arnie, Arnie and balls. balls. Arnie balls. And uh, he forms a band. It's called the Sibonet Septet. Quick, how many people are in a septet? Seven. Is that right? I'll trust you. Right. <laughs> you had the answer. I was throwing a <laughs> random number uh, out there. I know I got one in ten. Yes, yeah, sept, oct, octet, sept. I think you're right. Hey, nice job. All right, good job. Uh, they begin making a name for themselves around Miami. Xavier Cugat, after seeing Arnez performs, hires him, and uh, he starts his touring orchestra. They hire Arnie to play the conga drum and sing. So he becomes a star attraction, and he's encouraged to start his own band, the Desiarnez Orchestra. So, okay, that that was that was a big thing then. No, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. No, was, wait, we're his, gonna get there. Here's the biggest contribution right here. Arnie and his orchestra become a hit in New York City on the club scene. They're playing all the hip clubs downtown. He introduces the concept of conga line dancing to the city. He brings conga line dancing to America. Are you kidding me? What year? I am not. Uh, this is somewhere in the 1938, 39. So when I think of, uh, there was an old Warner Brothers cartoon where it was a little weird. It was like Fantasia. Okay. It wasn't Fantasia. I like though. those ones. Those like are so weird. A bunch of conga dancing in it. So it was probably inspired, because it was about that time, maybe a little bit later but it's about that time oh yeah man all right well so because- he is responsible for bringing conga dancing to the to the to the home to the united states here oh dude yeah he is the reason we have conga line dancing all right, with that stardom, he comes to the attention of rogers and hart who in 1939 cast him in their broadway musical too many girls sound familiar the thing's still going no i'm it's parallel timelines i told you about uh, balls going from her childhood up to this point and oh, now okay. we take arnie up from childhood to this point the show was a hit rko pictures brought the movie rights arnie goes to hollywood the next year to appear in the show's movie version so it's like they did the touring stage show and then they're like hey you gotta go to the movie version which also stars uh lucille balls <laughs> We call her Balls, and uh, Arnie and Balls fell in love during the film's production, and they elope on November 30th, 1940. And right there, we're gonna take a break. Um, that was quick. They they got they got they got they got, they got all uh, married up real fast after meeting, huh? Hey man, when you know, you know, you know. Yes. So that's probably hung on the horn. <laughs> Well, I'm not going to tell you which member of 21 Days is hung like a horse, but we're going to take a break right now. When we come back, we're going to continue the story of Arnie and Balls, but right now, my high school band, 21 Days. I've been 
and we're back. So how many of those dudes are you still keep in contact with, Brian? Well, I talk with Paul, our rhythm guitar player and uh, singer. He and I have a good text chain going. When we get bored at work, we'll text each other. Or if something musical comes up, we'll you know hit each other up. And uh, let's see. The other guy, the lead guitar is Joe. He and I are uh, MMA fans together. So anytime there's a UFC, he and I will text like as fights go on, round by round. Like, oh, did you see that? No, should have done this and that. And so, you know, half of the band. The other half, not so much. I got invited to a Halloween party by our bass player, Bobby. Uh, we weren't able to go, but uh, we're in the 1940s, right? And so technically it was November 30th, 1940. They got They eloped and they got married. But unfortunately... Uh, Arnie gets his draft notice. Um, see, so that's that's not good. No war. But war were declared. We are right. War is declared. But before reporting, he injures his knee. So uh, I, I he bet, completes I bet, his. I bet he does. I bet he does. <laughs> I got a I got a bullet wound in my foot. I don't know how it happened. A lot I was, of I was knee, sleeping. A lot of knee injuries that month. Uh, uh, he completed his recruit training but uh he's classified for limited service united states army during world war ii he was assigned to the uh, directly to the united states organization oh the uso so he's assigned to the uso he's playing program. the bongos he's playing the yeah, bongos man. for the no, war right. that's what he does so he's in the uso program at birmingham general army hospital in san fernando valley um right there he discovers an interesting thing about uh, when wounded soldiers come back, their first request, what do you think the first request of a wounded soldier is? Cheeseburger. They request a cold glass of milk, and uh, he arranges them to get cold glasses of milk from local starlets and, uh, like, pot pinup girls. Ooh. They Wrong. pour the milk for him. Wrong. It's, it's what it says right here on the card. It's cheeseburger. I've seen <laughs> Iron Man. That's what Tony Stark wanted after oh, he got blown up. An American right. cheeseburger. You're right, right. Well, much like blowing things up, September 1944, Balls and Arnie's marriage is a little turbulent, tur- turbulent, turbulent, turbulent. So, uh, convinced, really? yeah, convinced that Arnie, Arnie's being unfaithful to her, and also because he came home drunk several times, um, Balls files for divorce. Eh, let's not talk about this a lot. <laughs> well, but. I mean, uh, who hasn't, who hasn't had a couple. Daddy pops and came home a little after, you know, whatever. I see. But before the uh, interlocutory decree became final, so basically. What? A what? Uh, a what? Well, uh, say that word again, please. Interlocutory. In, in, interlocutory. Interlocutory? Is that interlocutory. A, is that a Cuban word? <laughs> no, no, it's written in English, actually, on the card. <laughs> is that... I don't. In- Interlocutory. Uh, All right. No. So basically, it means that she filed for divorce, but she goes back to him and like she's like, Nah, I don't really want to file for divorce. So okay. uh, we got a quote from Arnie about it though, and she's he he says, "Quote What's she upset about? I don't take out other broads. I just take out hookers." Are you serious? <laughs> that's, End quote. That's what he said. <laughs> what? 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 <laughs> I don't pay him to. I don't pay him to come into my room. <laughs> oh wow, terrible. Uh, okay, November nineteen forty-five. Uh, speaking of leaving, um, after he's Hold discharged. Hold on, from- I'm not past this yet. <laughs> <laughs> so the, I need to laugh a couple more times. Hold the on, dude. The dude literally said, basically, he said, 
I'm not I'm not cheating on her. I'm just going out with hookers. Yeah, that's what he said. It's like it's not like it's romantic. They're right, just hookers. Well, I think the Cuban people are a very dynamic set of folks, I guess. I passionate. Know. They're very passionate. Yeah, yeah, very passionate. Speaking of passion, 1945, November, he's discharged from the Army. He forms another orchestra, which is successful and has a lot of live appearances and recordings. Okay. February 1946, Arnie appears on the show sponsored by the Hollywood Independent Citizens Committee of the Arts, Sciences, and Professions. That's a mouthful. Well, it's a group the FBI says is a communist front. Well, it 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 very well it pro- probably is. Well, now hold on there, bud. So uh, we'll 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 get there. I mean, maybe. there was there was a lot of. I mean, we're using the word commie, okay? And 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 today, that's <laughs> we a we there's a very huge negative context to that. You know, it's it's a word that we use that we don't maybe understand. But back then, it was almost like saying a liberal or a conservative or a communist oh, yeah, or a yeah. socialist. Okay. You know, it was, that's good context, right? It, yep. it wasn't. It wasn't necessarily. We knew we were fighting that ideal of the idealism of a communists, right. but it was an idea that a lot of people back then in our country. Um, wanted to maybe give a chance to. So it wasn't like if you're a communist and you believed in what they believed in back then, it wasn't something necessarily you would hide that. It's not like being a Nazi. <laughs> no. Now, now, that was bad. That was always don't, bad. That's bad. Don't do yeah, that. Don't do right. that. You're not supposed We're to do that. We're fighting a war against these people. We just beat them. Don't Don't be a Nazi. Right. And so, so I think that's kind of what they got wrapped up in was like, wait a minute. But then the communists Communists are kind of like not good. Well, in the 40s, like in in, as the perception of an American in the 40s, they'd be like, wait a minute. On paper, communism and socialism were great. They were awesome. I mean, until, you know, you know, people start being uh, bad. There there were a lot of a lot of communist feelings in the nation at that time in the 40s and in the 50s. And then our government was trying to weed them out because communism and capitalism, they're very, it's like oil and water. They don't mix. And we, we pinned well, our flag on capitalism. So, continue. Communist Desi Arnaz. <laughs> Go ahead, Rob. Well, one way to not look like a communist, 1946 and 47, during this time, Arnie's a band leader conducting the Desi Arnaz Orchestra on Bob Hope's radio show, The Pepsodent Show on NBC. Bob Hope's no communist. No, he was a big-time guy that he would always go entertain the troops, right? I don't think Arnie was a communist either. He was in the USO and the U.S. Army, so probably not a well, commie. I think he could still support the troops and have an ideal of a communist that could, back then at least, mesh. Now, you okay. know the communists took over the government. His dad was, like, mayor and on the council and all that, up, right? Like those I guess you're right. Yeah. Took him over, so yeah. he's probably not a communist, if I had to guess. <laughs> they, did take his, Just they did take his private island away. <laughs> Burned down his, yeah, all his stuff. So. Yeah. His his grandmother's no longer making a making rum by the boatload. <laughs> yeah, no. Oddly enough, Bacardi seemed to survive. I don't. That's weird. It's the booze industry. It's it's it can it'll flourish under communists. It'll flourish under the capitalists. Everybody likes booze. That's true. I do yeah. love some booze. Nineteen forty seven. Uh, when you're drinking booze, you want to hear some music. Arnie's out with his orchestra. They're playing shows in Madison, Wisconsin. So uh, the point of that note and factoid was that 
He's moving around the country, man. He's not just playing the big cities like New York, Chicago, Miami, places like that. He's in Wisconsin playing his drum. Conga dancing, and people love it. Well, I maybe Madison was huge back then. Not that big today. Yes, it was the hub. It was a hub for the train lines and the pork. That's everybody knows. For the pork? Probably cheese, Madison, Wisconsin. I bet he liked pork. A lot of good hookers there. (laughs) A lot of cheddar. Yeah. (laughs) So 1951, uh, Arnie's given a game show on CBS radio. So he's doing a lot of voice work. It's called Your Tropical Trip. Uh, And what they do is uh, they're trying to get Arnie and Balls to stay at CBS because now they're getting offers from other networks like NBC and stuff like that. So they're like, hey, you want a game show, too? We'll give you a game show. You got your radio shows. Um, They're trying to keep his band employed in Hollywood rather than touring around. So NBC is trying to give him offers. Like so basically what's going on here is uh, Balls and Arnie. They're hot, man. They're hot. Well, was was Ball still doing stuff all this time too? Because we've been talking a lot about Desi. Oh, dude, it's 1951. So give me a second here. The all musical right. game show hosted by Arnie. Uh, it's got audience members competing for Caribbean vacations because it's called Your Tropical Vacation. So is that's a good Car- prize. Is it Caribbean or Caribbean? Caribbean Queen. I think it's Caribbean. Is it? Is it? Yeah. Can, I don't, can, I don't can, have a Caribbean song. Well, Caribbean do you do you, do you take Caribbean a Caribbean cruise or a Caribbean cruise? Take a I don't take cruises. I don't believe in that. Yeah, hey, they're starting up the they're starting up some cruise lines here here soon again. That's a bad idea. <laughs> it's it's not time for that you. yet, man. <laughs> I'll tell you one good thing about COVID is uh, my wife was gonna try and drag me on a New Kids on the Block cruise, and I'm like, no, I don't <laughs> I don't want to do that. I think that's out the window now, so I feel pretty good. Brian, feeling that good. sounds just stupid enough to work. <laughs> Feel, feeling the flow. Yeah. You should go. Just a global pandemic. Oh, you want me to go? No, I, I was I trying think, to get out of it. No, I think, I think it would be a lot of fun. That may be the only cruise I could ever get talked into. Oh, yeah? And KOTB? Yeah. Want to go hang jo- with the blockheads? Joey Fatone or what's his name? <laughs> Je- that guy. Uh, no, Joey Fatone is not a new kid, man. Danny, well, Donnie, Joe, John, and Jordan. All right. Uh, Wal- Wahlbergs. Think of the Wahlbergs. We can't be friends anymore. I gotta go now. <laughs> you knew all that stuff way too quick. <laughs> As listeners of the show will know, I went to a concert at Little Caesars Arena, and it was amazing. I fell in love with Debbie Gibson again. Was, so, was, yeah. T- was Tiffany there too? Tiffany was there. I did not fall in love with her again. We just went back to 1987. Top songs from 1987. My kid <laughs> wanted to know. Dad, when you were my age, like who were the big singers? So I Googled it and we started looking. Tiffany was on the list. Oh, yeah. No, I like Tiffany. She did well, but she didn't age as well as Debbie Gibson. Debbie Gibson, man, she worked the whole front stage and then she came out on some circular stage in the back, rocked it up and down for the encore. She was with uh, uh, Joey McIntyre. Just, oh, dude, she, that was amazing. Debbie Gibson, whoo. You know, one of the biggest songs in 1987. That was uh, when I was Van, 11 years Van Halen old. song. Okay. Never going to give you up. Never going to let you down. Shut down. Never, never going to run around and desert you. My never kid my kid knew high. that song. Never going to say <laughs> goodbye. He knew never he knew that song. Hell alive. He's got Rickroll, Dad. He's got Rickroll. Never going to give. Never going to give. Never going to give. Never going to give. 
give you up. Yeah, if you try to, uh, funny, out here, insider joke, guys, if you try to sign on to the Wi-Fi at the podcast studio here, you're going to get Rick rolled. <laughs> Got a little QR code, says, scan for Wi-Fi. Never going to give, never going to give. Give you up. All right. I'm, now, so, I, I'm sorry to all of our listening audience. Yeah, Brian started on that. At least it wasn't a, a new kid. Dude. At least it wasn't an NKY TV. Oh yeah, new, no, new that's, kids that's on the true. New N, new NK. I don't know, whatever. All right, I I see. Uh, uh, well, here's something that you will like because everybody liked it. October fifteenth, nineteen fifty one, the premiere of I Love Lucy. <laughs> the show starred Lucille Ball. We've been calling her Balls. <laughs> And her real life husband, Desi Arnaz or Arnie. Also, Vivian Vance and William Farley. Farley, 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 The Mertz. The Mertzes. 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 Vivian and Bill. Yeah. It followed the life of Lucy Ricardo, balls, a young middle class housewife in New York City. She either. Like concocted plans with her best friend Ethel and then Fred Mertz, the neighbors, and they appeared alongside the band leader husband Arnez. And he had his nightclub. He tried, and she's always trying schemes to to mingle in with or be part of show business. Like Balls is trying to get in there and like, oh, you've got uh, Fred Astaire. I want to be on the show. So uh, what was the Ricky name Re- of the what was the name of the nightclub? Do you remember? It's the. So everybody's the, the screaming tro- it's the it's the tropicana or the copacabana i, think, I feel like it was it's one of those all right i, I, I think I it was the cope i think it was the copa because we had one in flint i actually went to the copa two times i think that yes, was I know. called the copa well yeah but it was the copacabana at the copa copacabana the hottest club saw north of havana yeah that was the copa yeah, I remember the name of the the name of his club was Music was always in that show. Is always in fashion at the Copa. That's uh, what's his name? Not Wayne Newton, the other guy. Oh God. Anyway, Elvis. Love it. No, 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 no. Um, lounge singer, Vegas act. Ricky Martin. People are screaming at their headphones. I wish you'd tell me. Anyway, uh, Wayne, Lucy. You said you already said Wayne Newton. It's Barry Manilow. The Copa. No, you don't know that one? The Copacabana by I Barry know, Manilow? I know it. It's I know awesome. It's, it's a good Manilow. song. Talk about a waitress, and then guy comes trying, her boyfriend's a mean guy. Anyway, it doesn't what matter. What was a girl from Ipanema? I like that song. Young and bent and something and the girl from Ipanema come walking. You sing that Those song so well, Brian. I think we actually might get pinged. <laughs> For robbing somebody's, like you know, uh, I'll get a copyright notice on YouTube. Copy, yeah, yeah, yeah. He's where, saying ben, that where song... is Ipanema? Uh, <laughs> it's Brazil, my man. It's Brazil, Brasilia. I, honestly, I would have went with Japan, but Brigado. <laughs> All right. They, they All right, that's nice, for all my Brazilians. Nice wax down there. All right, go ahead. And we're talking about I Love Lucy with Lucille Ball and Ricky Ricardo. Uh, the whole idea of the show is that their husband and wife 
Ricky is a band leader in New York City, and his wife, uh, she's a stay-at-home, rich city New York girl who's kind of sassy. She's got the red hair. She always gets herself in trouble. She's tried to get into the showbiz part. Uh, Ricky's a straight man. Um, He's very similar to Arnie in real life. He's a Cuban-American band leader whose trademark song is Babalu. Babalu! That's why I keep playing that. Um, Lucy is a red-haired... She's white Irish lady. I mean, she doesn't have an accent or anything, but she lives uh, in New York City. She's always getting into trouble. She's usually caught by Ricky. That's the whole premise of the show. I Love Lucy becomes the most watched show in the United States for four of its six seasons. It's the first to end its run on the top of the Nielsen ratings. The Nielsen ratings are like a thing, actually a little box that would tell people, hey, this is what I'm watching. And so the show, which was uh, first the first scripted television program to be shot on 35mm film in front of a studio audience, won five Emmys, received numerous nominations and honors. It's the first show to feature an ensemble cast, so it's like, it's not just one star, it's not like the Dick Van Dyke show, it's like, no, it's got all these people on it. It's often regarded as one of the greatest, most influential sitcoms in history. It was only out That's, for six, it was only out for six seasons? Yeah, isn't that the crazy part? Is only six how seasons. many? I wonder how many episodes per season they had. Because you, you, you sometimes will see a, a show that you know each season has twelve episodes or something. You know, like whatever. Right. And then other other shows will have thirty episodes. Oh yeah, yeah. No, right. Like you get like a Letterkenny with ten episodes, and then right. You get something else that's got twelve. Oh well, God, my wife is watching Rain. There must be twenty two episodes a season. Yeah, it probably feels like it. But, oh, dude, it, it lasts the entire <laughs> reign of the French monarchy, let me tell you. No, but that was a huge show. It continued to get played on TV stations and TV sets across the country. For, you can watch it now. For decades. Yeah. For decades. And I'll tell you what, in researching the show, it holds up. Oh, I am it, not even kidding. It holds up. Their topics are so, like general and universal like just uh, i don't even know uh, the the miscommunications being between husbands and wives or men and women or just miscommunications between relationships and friends and you're just like oh my god and it's not one of those shows where like you know a cell phone would just fix this or a text message no it holds up regardless of that you're it, like oh i could see this happening today well and that's the way i i was familiar with you know lucille ball and ricky ricardo Mostly, I love Lucy. Lucy, you just thought she was a main character, and she was. But all four of those characters had huge roles in that show. And the ensemble. It, yeah, the, and, and it did. I, I, I mean, I was born in the 70s, and I'd watch TV in the 80s, and it was on a lot. And people watched it. I mean, like I said, my old man still watches it today. Sorry, Michelle. Uh, yeah, no, I remember it being on sort of... Stooges, Abbott Costello, I Love Lucy before wrestling on Saturdays or Sundays, you know? It was on, it was on at like noon on the weekdays. It was on, I remember my mom would be making lunch and we'd be throwing down a grilled cheese sandwich and some tuna salad or some crap. And it was on. It was just on the console TV (laughs) on the carpet. You know, the TV that when you took it off the carpet, the carpet had a permanent indentation on it. Yeah, and it was started in black and white. Was was it all in black and white, or did it move over to color? Because that was right at that time. I um, it was colorized, but originally I believe it was in black and white. 
I think, yeah, I'm I'm 99% sure it was black and white when it started anyways. Oh, I'll tell you. We'll get there. All right, we'll get there. Now, speaking about black and white, that reminds me of newspapers, uh, black and white. And so 1951, the Daily Worker, communist newspaper, that He's alleges that uh, where, where the little boy like you learned such a bad word. Uh, the uh, Daily Worker alleges that Balls here is among the stars who had once been vocal about their opposition to Senator Senator Joe McCarthy. But later, they like didn't say anything. They're like, okay, uh, I'm against Joe McCarthy, but I'm not going to tell you publicly. Anyway, but what I'm saying is the Daily Worker is sort of like Outner. Like, she's against McCarthy. And if you guys know about history and McCarthyism, that's going to bite her in the ass, which it does on September 4th, 1953. Balls is hauled before Congress at the height of Senator McCarthy's communism witch hunt. Remember, where like, and he's like, people are getting blacklisted in Hollywood. And like, hey, well, it's a commie. That's a commie. That's the Red Scare. Just go into you know, the, the McCarthy uh, uh, character here, Brian. Just, I mean, he's the, he's the senator. Man. Yep. Yeah, he's the senator that's going out after all the communists. He's a super conservative capitalistic i mean he was a hero of the day but maybe took a little far who knows but he was just looking for people to hang left and right oh dude and you know what they call her balls for a reason so she voluntarily meets with the house un-american activities committee investigator a guy named william wheeler they meet in hollywood um she gives a sealed testimony so nobody sees it and apparently, she states in that testimony, which was sealed that no one will ever see, that she had registered to vote as a communist or intended to vote uh, the Communist Party ticket in 1936, like we mentioned earlier, at her socialist grandfather's insistence. So she had that peer pressure from her grandpa being like, come on, just vote communist for me this one time before I die. And she's like, <laughs> fine, grandpa, I will. Okay, fine. Come on, she stated. She stated that at, quote, at no time intended to vote as a communist, end quote, though. Her testimony is, her testimony is forwarded to J. Edgar Hoover in the FBI memorandum, and it says, quote, Lucille Ball stated that she has never been a member of the Communist Party, quote, to her knowledge, and she did not know whether or not meetings were ever held at her home at 1344 North Ogden Drive, Ogdenville. Uh, Ogden stated that if she had been appointed as a delegate to the State Central Committee of the Communist Party of California in 1936, it was done without her knowledge or consent. Or consent. And she stated that she did not recall signing the document sponsoring Emil Freed for the Communist Party nomination to the Office of Member of Assembly for the 57th District. A review of the subject's file reflects no activity that would warrant her inclusion on the security index. End quote. No need to watch balls. She's fine. Her grandpa was crazy. So, so is that your... Uh, <clears throat> let me just ask you a simple question with a lot of words <laughs> leading sure. up to it. So My after favorite. you've after you've done all the research that you've done on a right. on an on a subject that you've heard about and not probably knew a lot about before you started research, what do you I think? Mean, yeah. Was she a commie? No, I don't think she's a commie. Okay, at all. all right. That's no, what, that's what I'm gonna believe then. This lady was uh well we'll get there we're almost we got a couple more cards here and we'll wrap it up here but uh, that's not true there's a bunch more cards, uh but no I will tell you that she was not a commie. Okay. So, well, uh, we'll just she was getting drug in, drug in front of the uh, in in front of uh, Congress, the House with... Un-American Committee. 
You are un-American. That's why you're here. Defend yeah. yourself. We need a committee. What can we call it? It'll sound cool. The un-American committee. Okay, let's do that. Don't want to be brought before that. That's for sure. All right. Immediately okay. before filming episode 68 of I Love Lucy, quote, the girls go into business. Arnie. Is that where they had the chocolates that came off the line too fast? and they Or the cupcakes or some crap? I bet it is. No, believe it or not, I actually, I actually watched this one. This is where they buy a dress shop in their neighborhood because the lady selling the dress shop sort of pulls a switcheroo. Like uh, Lucy and Ethel are in the dress shop shopping around like, oh, I love all these pretty dresses. And then these women come in and they're like, oh, this place is amazing. And these two other women buy like half the dress shop, right? And uh, It was a scam. The, the old lady working the dress shop is like, oh, it's just too bad. I have to move to take care of my sister in Phoenix, so I have to sell the dress shop. And they negotiate for a price and all that. Yeah, it turns out those ladies who bought all the dresses while Lucy and they Ethel were, were in there they were, in on were it. friends of the dress shop. They were in on it. a scam, yep. And so now the whole point of the episode is that Lucy and Ethel run a dress shop for a day. They're like, we're not making any money on this at all. We got to sell it before our husbands find out well, we bought a dress shop. And they had to worry about their husbands the whole time. Oh, their husbands came into the dress shop. They're like, oh, and then people like, the new owners are so nice. And like, yeah, so anyway, before they filmed that episode of I Love Lucy, Arnie, instead of his usual audience warm up, um, because this is the thing where uh, Balls there just got hauled in front of Congress, yeah, he told the audience about um, her grandfather, right? He's like trying to clue him in. And so he has a quote from, from Arnie about the whole thing. He says, quote, the only thing read about Lucy is her hair. Uh, and even that's not legitimate. Oh, really? Oh, that was the wrong sound. Even that's not legitimate. Uh, Up upstairs uh, or down? Bad joke. I, oh, oh, I, I took, I took <laughs> one the bad joke with another. Yeah, that's the best. <laughs> uh, <laughs> the House Un-American Activities Committee forgave balls, but J. Edgar Hoover never forgot. The FBI director continued to collect evidence about Balls and Arnie, even though the FBI claims it never officially investigated her. The Federal Bureau of Investigations does have a secret file on Balls and her husband, Desi Arnaz. The file contains memos stamped confidential and addressed directly to Hoover himself. Many of the memos begin with, pursuant to your request, Mr. Hoover. Oh, so it- he, he, had, he had a line on everybody. Yeah, he was trying to keep personal tabs on people, it sounds like. Everybody. So, but you can request those records in a FOIA request if you want. Large portions are blacked out because the FBI still today considers them not ready for a public release. There's a few different records that I've I've uh, looked into different you know, historical figures, and they say that these records will be released they have dates that'll be released like there's a bunch of stuff that's going to be released on uh, martin luther king i think in like 2036 or something i mean and that date was set back you know when he got assassinated and stuff they were they said okay we're going to give it 50 years or whatever Jeez. Yeah, so I mean there's there's that stuff that will still drop down the road. I wonder if that they got a date on her stuff. Well, we'll see. Uh speaking of dates with uh things dropping, March third, nineteen sixty, day after uh Arnie's forty third birthday, and one day after filming the final episode of the Lucy Desi comedy hour. 
Balls files papers in Santa Monica Superior Court claiming married life with Desi is, uh, quote, a nightmare and uh, nothing at all is that appears on I Love Lucy. So she filed? She files again. That's some balls um, on balls right there. Well, he's known to explode in abusive fits of anger, and one time balls aimed a gun at Arnie's head, and uh, she pulled the trigger, only to have a tiny flame burst out from the end of the barrel, which was actually Arnie's, uh, that's how he lit his cigars. So she thought he was going to, she was going to shoot him in the head, and it was actually just a cigar lighter. That's for real? That's for real. Wow. Wow. <laughs> so I don't uh, think I can sleep with this in the same room with that lady anymore after that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that'd be a... Wait, you thought that was a real gun? <laughs> yeah, just, wait a minute. You, you pulled saying, the trigger. I, as, much, you, as much as I can appreciate that, I couldn't sleep in the same room with her <laughs> in the same that's, house. That, that's a rough one, man. Uh, well, uh, we got a quote from Arnie about the whole situation. He says, quote, The more our love deteriorated, the more we fought, the more unhappy we were, the more I drank. The, the one thing I'd never been able to do is work and play concurrently and in moderation, whatever that means. We all figured out a little bit. <laughs> so May 4th, 1960, the couple is officially divorced. Um, but a couple years go by, July 22nd, 1964, a $36,750,000 lawsuit is pending against entertainer Arnie by f- two former employees from the Thunderbird Country Club near Palm Springs. So, the Thunderbird. <clears throat> you ever been to one of those? No, I haven't. What is up with a Thunderbird Club? Okay, so I may not. I, uh, uh, honesty time here. I may not be right on this. <laughs> the worshiping owl gods? What, no, what there happens? was, <clears throat> throughout the country, at least in the east, eastern side of the Mississippi, there were these uh, hotels called Thunderbirds, like a Holiday Inn or a Howard Johnson or, you know, a, a, a what what have you. And they were more like a little, they would have a little resort feel to them. They're kind of like there a motor lodge where, you know, you pulled right up to the front of your the, the, the room you're staying in. It wasn't like yeah. you went in a hallway with elevators and stuff. And there was maybe a nice little resorty area with a pool, maybe a mini putt-putt golf course in the back. And a, and a lounge that had a lot of red carpet and velvet. Right. A lot of velvet right. involved, I think, was a lot of velvet. All right. And, uh, and there were the... Velour. Th- I would wear velour. <laughs> I'd drape myself in velour. And so they had a ton of these hotels, or a bunch of these hotels that were, you know, sprinkled throughout Route 66. I don't know. But I, I, I'm wondering if what was this thing that he was on? He was, had a lawsuit against them or something? Yeah, yeah, here's what happens. In one of the largest damage suits on record in Riverside County, Jack and Alberta Young, uh, well, okay, their name is, I don't know if it happened on a Tuesday or not, but their name is Jack and Alberta Young Tuesday, accuse Arnie of slander, assault and battery, false imprisonment, all during an altercation at the club last January. Um, and so the action filed by the firm Jones and Waldron of Compton, and Melvin Belly of San Francisco. So this all happened Arnie... in, in California, it sounds like. So they... Yeah, this is all this is all California. All right. All right. So uh, they charge Arnie with slandering Miss Young in the presence of witnesses, imprisoned Miss Young in the club for 15 minutes, and assaulted her husband. They, and this uh, lawsuit for how much? Uh, $37 million. In what, 36, in what 36, year? 75, 64. Wow, that's some... Some balls. 
some balls. That's the drink. That's the word of the that's the game right there, everybody. Um, so yeah, we'll get back to that. But continuing forward, August 31st, 1966, Arnie, he's 49 at this time, he's arrested. So uh he he allegedly fires two shots at the feet of a young man who parked his car in front of his house uh near Del Mar. Yeah. So he's booked in San Diego County Jail on the charge of assault with a deadly weapon. He's released on a hundred. Nope, he's released on a thousand one hundred and six dollars bail. Get that six bucks. Sheriff's deputies said that Arnie fired shots at the feet of John Winston Vody. The only shots, Um, the only shots I want right now are Moderna. (laughs) Yeah, right. Uh, (laughs) This guy Vody and his companion emerged from a car near Arnie's home. And so, like, they're just, like, looking around, like, ooh, Hollywood tour. Like, I think famous people live around here. And then the next thing you know, he comes out shooting, dude. He approaches him, brandishing a thirty-eight pistol. Ask what you're doing. Hey, what are you doing here? And then he threatens to shoot the car and its tires, but then he fires twice into the ground. Nobody's injured, um, but gets arrested. It was a thirty-eight. Of course nobody's injured. Come What's on. with the thirty-eight pistols, man? Why? Why do people do that? What's that? That was a that was a small. I mean, that was a small, very concealable, little tiny, little tiny midnight revolver. Special is that a midnight special? I I think the thirty-eight special was Shine a midnight special. It was a bigger. It was a is a slightly bigger ca- a cartridge at the midnight special. But a, thir- a, a thirty-eight. A thirty-eight was a small. That was a. Uh, it 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 go in and poke around a little bit. It's. I feel like that slow you down. It slow uh, you know? down. It, it might not catch blow. a thirty-eight in the foot. It might not blow <laughs> blow a hole out your backside, but catch one in the toe. All right, I'd just get a bigger gun. <laughs> well, not a big deal. Throughout the sixties and seventies, Arnie remains active in show business. Nineteen sixty-seven, he launches the NBC series "The Mothers-in-Law," starring Eve Arden and Kay Ballard. Nineteen seventy-six, Arnie publishes his autobiography. Uh, he writes a book. February twenty-first, nineteen seventy-six, Arnie is a guest host on Saturday Night Live with his son Desi Jr. Um, we're gonna jump here. Nineteen eighty-six. Uh, like we talked, didn't we talk about Rick Roll in '86? When, when was that? '87. Uh, close, yeah. Rick Astley. There you go. Yeah. After years of smoking four or five Cuban cigars a day, think of that. <laughs> oh my God! Arnie, how yeah, bad? There you go. How bad does your mouth taste in the morning? How <laughs> about four or five Cuban c- cigars worth? <laughs> oh yeah! Wow. Arnie's diagnosed with lung cancer. No need to laugh at that. Um, that's not cool. But yeah, man, four or five Cuban cigars a day, like smoking like telephone poles. Well, like, and, and this was in the late eighty six. Eighty six. So he was like 80, 86 years old. Eighty eighty years old. Yeah, was he not eighteen ninety four? So do your math. Oh wow! Oh, oh yeah, eighteen ninety four. Oh my god! Dude, you tell me I can live to that age and smoke Woo. about five Cuban cigars a day? Uh, uh, <laughs> yes, please. Imagine living a hundred years. I mean, that's incredible. I want more. I think a thousand years should be the default setting for humans. <clears throat> but I mean, whatever, dude. Uh, anyway, I'm good with like sixty. I'll be pretty lucky. At 60. <laughs> I'm gonna be sad when you're gone. <laughs> We're gonna keep going though. I mean, Jason will just slide right into your spot. Hey, I anyway. think you can just uh, get an AI to make my voice. You just pull, plug. In fact, if you can get that for next podcast, deep fake. <laughs> we'll get just a good deep, deep fake. Ben, a good deep fake for next podcast would be great. 
<laughs> scary enough dude there's enough audio of us they could deep fake either of us this is deep fake right now i'm just telling i'm not really brian this is a deep fake yeah this is just ai deep fake deep fake um well it's not a deep fake and it was actually a pretty cool move ball stays with uh, arnie for several hours before he lapsed into a coma um oh they were still buddies they're still very good friends even though they were divorced that's correct i guess he got his wish he did. He could That's still true. be friends and with balls and friends you know, with benefits. Hang out with all those hookers. It was so fun. What? 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 There's hookers. God. I mean, eh, not it, to disperse him, dis, 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 a man's name. December second, nineteen eighty six. He dies in the arms of his daughter Lucy. And a quote from his daughter: "Quote, he was a good daddy, but a lonely man at times. One who shows a difficult path." I feel pain when you hear his voice sometimes. There's there's some there's some emotion in that. He had a nice timbre. Is it timbre or timber? Yes. He's <laughs> a nice timbre. Nice timbre. Well, man, I can't transition this one. It's not nice. April 18th, 1989. Balls complains of chest pains at her home in Beverly Hills. you dick <laughs> go ahead continue <laughs> she is dying she is diagnosed with i can't i'm trying <laughs> she is diagnosed uh with a dissecting aortic aneurysm and underwent surgery to repair her aorta um in a successful seven hour aortic valve replacement jeez uh, shortly after dawn, April 26, Balls awoke with severe back pain, uh, lost consciousness, though, pretty quick. She died at 5.47 a.m. at the age of 77. Doctors determined that uh, Balls there had succumbed to a ruptured abdominal aortic aneurysm not directly related to her surgery. Wasn't us. Yeah, right. Yeah, right. It just I, so, I had nothing to do with it. Just so happened, 10 minutes after we closed her up, she died of a thing. It was, was on the totally opposite side of the body. Don't worry about it. It wasn't me. Continue. No, no. We're not going to open yeah, well, up and look. Well, and you can't because her body was cremated. Her ashes are initially interned at Forest Lawn, Hollywood Hills Cemetery in Los Angeles, L.A. So this lady, man, is a pioneer. She battled CBS to broadcast her interracial marriage on television and was super successful at that, reaching one of the most watched television shows in history. She invented reruns so she could have kids and keep her job. I don't know if you knew about that. She in, What do you mean invented reruns? What's that mean? They were like the TV. Well, one, it had never happened before. No one had ever played a rerun or replayed a show. Shows were live on television. Really? Kind of a live studio audience. They were, they were all live? Yeah, they were live. Oh. Yeah, they were all live. And so she gets pregnant, and she signs a contract with um, NBC, CBS, one of them, but she's like, wait a minute, you guys have, I got to perform on the day I'm supposed to give birth to my kid. And they're like, yup. She's like, yeah, but that's not going to, um, that's not going to work for me. And they're like, yup. So plug <laughs> in, so plug in one like, of my old shows. Play the old show again. They're like, what are you talking about? Like, I don't understand. She's like, yeah, it's on a tape. No one's going to just play it again. It was good the first time and it'll just, be fine again. And, and they're like, what? Half the people have, haven't seen it. They'll enjoy it. The other half have seen it. And they're going to stick they're around. Gonna love they're going to love it again. Right. So she invented reruns. Um, she also owned most of the studio space. So like where they would film, 
her and Arnie would actually buy the land, buy the building, buy the equipment, and like, hey, we'll make your show from Desilu Productions, which we just happen to own. I like that. Like, I like that. They're like the movie studios are like, yeah, I don't, I don't care, whatever. Own your so studio. So in it's any fine. business venture, not any maybe, but most business ventures, if you can own as much as possible, whether it's a restaurant, you own the building instead of leasing it. You know. Oh if, yeah, yeah, yeah. If it's yeah. a construction company, you own the equipment instead of. Per, you know, taking it out on loan. If you're, if you can own as much as possible, because then if something does hit, if it does fall, then you, then you own it. Then you're, then you're going to be able to be the man instead of work for the man. Let me sum up here, uh, Lucille Ball or Balls, we called her. I didn't explain that story. So basically, what happened was, uh, while she was running her TV show, um, she tried being all nice and cute about it, like, oh hi, because it's a very male-dominated scene at the time. And she's like, you know what? One day I just realized they're never going to take me seriously if I keep playing like the housewife. So I'm going to have to be like one of the guys in the boardroom. And so the guys are like, that lady's got balls. And she's like, hell yeah, I do. And that's how she got the nickname and how she kind of was able to trend set there. I mean, I don't really know a lot about her, her, uh, you know, behind the scenes sort of stuff on her, the history of Lucille Ball. But. I I do recall hearing a little bit about her being a very obstinate, an obstinate. It, no, 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 no. Before, before that, <laughs> very obstinate, very take no shit sort of person. You know, right? That was her, and yep. and and she was somebody in Hollywood uh, in the female persuasion that kind of, whether you liked it or not, ran the show. <laughs> she she took control. She took the reins. She was. She was the person in charge, and I mean, it was. It probably didn't hurt that her and her and her husband were there doing it together. But even that, he was a, a immigrant. He was a Cuban, you know, a, a Cuban immigrant. So right. they they came in and they had talent and they used it and they did not take they did not take shit. I I, I didn't know about their little divorce thing there in the end. Oh yeah, yeah, on off again. Well, let me sum it up here. We got two more cards. Uh, let me just tell you, I'll sum it up like this. According to Life Magazine, Balls is quote the biggest single filler of television time. End quote. Yeah. So her yeah. show has been played and replayed more than anything else in human history, and a quote like we do, we're actually gonna do two. Did not mean to rhyme. Not that time. Quote from Lucille Ball, Ballsy, quote, the best thing I learned from working with the Stooges was when to duck. It's true. <laughs> your, your timing has to be right so you don't get hurt in a scene. The Stooges were always teaching people on set how to duck. Heads up. <laughs> quote a- from Desi Arnaz, Arnie himself, quote, the straw hat is a typical hat Cubans use. It's cool and keeps the sun away from your face. Lucille Ball and Desi Arnaz, everybody. Oh, I was happy with this subject. So. When when I was guessing, I was kind of screwing around, just like guessing whatever. But it, it <laughs> sounded right. But you said, yep, that's it right there. Um, I'm glad. Yeah, you nailed Desi Arnaz. You said Ricky Ricardo. And I'm like, yes. Yeah, they were uh, they were a force to be reckoned with. That was a good story. I did not know a lot Dude. of that stuff, but I mean, I wa- I've seen every single one of their shows. I bet you, game changers. Yeah, absolute game changers. They invented the rerun. I mean, come on. And she pretty much did a whole bunch of women's lib stuff, kind of behind the scenes. She wasn't out and about about it, but she was just like, yeah, no, 
I'm here doing the contract. I'm here talking about my TV show. Oh, she was chipping away where she could. Yep. So yeah, good for good good for them. That's an interesting story. I didn't have to pass this one along to my dad, but then I have to probably talk to him about it and you know whatever. Listen to my do. Listen to my show, Dad. Not like we say fuck shit fuck all the time. (laughs) Yeah, because you know Tom don't say that stuff, Brian. That's where I learned it. He was my den master. He was. Shout out Tom. Woo. So Lucille Ball and Desi Arnaz both passed away late in life. I mean, they're seventies, right? Oh yeah, man. Desi was like in his eighties, pretty sure. Yeah, so they were they 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 led a full life and they were friends and they were successful yeah. and they yep they died in the in did you say in the eighties in the late seventies in the eighties? That's what I said yeah. in the eighties. They're rock and roll, man. Good for them, dude. Well, it's time for some feedback. I don't know if it's my right. favorite part of the show or my second. I don't like the sound. No, the sound's not great. I'm going with second. It gets people's second, attention. Second. Even though this is the only way that Brian got me to come back to do the show on a remote broadcast. Because he's like, <laughs> Ben, I got so much feedback. You, We got YouTube people saying things. And this guy right here, he's stalking us on Facebook. Which Oh, God. Yeah, no. That's not even part of this, this episode. But I'll tell you, people. We... We used to have a we have a YouTube channel where we go fishing and uh, yeah, a guy tracked us down to be a, like, hey, well, do more crime and music. He's on our fishing YouTube channel, so <laughs> yeah, that was interesting. Which the fish, that fishing shows like, it's what? hilarious. It's so bad. <laughs> oh, it's great! It's got your brother Nick. I reckon go check it out, guys. One last cast. It's, uh, it's that's like great. a one pa- last cast. It's like a parody of uh, like an outdoor show, like a fishing show. You might watch on. You know, like an outdoor network sort of thing. It's oh yeah, man. No, it's great. Check it. Check it out. One last cast. How <laughs> we was going off about the ice shanties, <laughs> and Nick I'm... yells at me from across the lake. Write it's a book. <laughs> what are you writing a book? Yeah, All I right. Love it. All right. It's our feedback. If we could get Nick to call into this show, that would be great. I'll call him right now. I bet he's up. Come on. He's got... I'm sure he is. Yeah, he's probably relaxing. Got the kids in bed. Whatever. Well, speaking of other YouTube comments, we are on YouTube. Check us out. We got a comment on our Victor Willis, the Village People episode. And uh, we got a comment from Valium. Valium says, I have a laser disc on my wall. We we're talking about laser discs. I have a laser disc on my wall between Sid Vicious and the Joker. Everybody thinks this is a joke. Uh, and this was a true joke in a way. I love your podcast. Have a nice day. Thanks for the laughs. And so that was Val- uh, I, Valium. I, I, Valium, hold on. For the record, I live in Quebec. I usually speak French. I play music, but never kill anyone. Oh, and that's well, Valium, all right, everybody. So thank you, Valium. Appreciate that. It's Quebec. 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 Everybody loves fishing in Quebec. Uh, we got a couple speak pipes. You want to hear a speak pipe? Uh, I just like to say that I'd like to go to Quebec here real soon. I, I mean, I, I don't need a lot of excuse to get the get the vaccination, but my biggest driving force is I want to go back up north, going fishing. Go fishing. Go fishing. Want to go fishing. Right. Everybody loves fishing in Quebec. Uh, we got a couple of speak pipes. Speak pipe. Woo! Speak pipe. You want to hear speak pipe? Absolutely, we got a speak pipe I do. From, from our man Skittles with a Z. Hey, Benita. Glad to meet you. For the cunning, stunning you miss, I must beseech you. Hey, being with you is a top priority. Ain't no need to question the authority. Chairman of the board, the chief of affections, you got minds to swing in your direction. Hey, you're like a hip-hop song, you know? 
Bonita Applebaum, you got to put me on. Bonita Applebaum by Skittles, everybody. Woo! I that's the first one of he's he's given us, and I don't recognize it. What is it? Uh, Bonita Applebaum, man, I feel like that's a. People are screaming at their. Podcast. No, I don't know that. It's it's it's, it's a rap song. I, I know I've heard it. Well, I know it's I a can't rap think song. Think top of my song. Well, sorry, <clears throat> professor. Uh, that's all right. I got another one that's not a rap song. Now, this was an interesting story. You remember Valium, who just talked about the laser discs? Yeah, right. Stuff, yeah, yeah. From Quebec. From Quebec. We got into a chat on Facebook one night. I was up doing research for an episode, and all of a sudden, bloop, my Facebook blows up on on crime and music. And I look at it, and it's like, hey, I'm Val. I'm crazy Canadian. Uh, Michelle's not your number one fan. No offense, Michelle. Uh, but I'm your number one fan. And so we started chatting back and forth, and Val is a crazy Canadian. And you know what? Uh, she left us a speak pipe also. So let's listen to Val. Hi, guys. I've got some cards for you. Huh? Repeat after me. Justin Trudeau. Justin Trudeau. Justin Trudeau. Priscilla Beaulieu. Priscilla Beaulieu. Je bois du lait dans un sac. I drink milk in a bag. It's my nurse 36 outside. Il fait moins 36 dehors. Je vis au-dessus du 48e parallèle. I live above the 48th parallel. Oh. Did you know TGLN, guys? Your number one fan name isn't Michel, it's Val, the mad Canadian. I knew a lot of the stuff that you speak about, but I had to check one thing, and you're right, there's a legal age to drink in Canada. Hmm. Can you add a button on your website so I can you uh, can pay you a bit or please? I send you a dolphin on LSD emoji and a rocking chair emoji. <laughs> What's going on, Brian? It's Val the Mad Canadian. I has I have I have spent many many nights in Montreal, and Ooh. the girl Ooh. the women there are beautiful. They're absolutely they just they have a different I they have the the way they carry themselves, the way they talk, the way they dress, the way they look, the how they're they're very focused on their appearance, and and ooh la la. <laughs> so. I don't know how this well, one from Desi Arnaz and Lucille Ball to hot chicks in uh, hot chicks in Montreal, but whatever, man. Well, because we're talking about hot chicks in Montreal, you're right. It's probably time for us to wrap it up for another week. Man, if you like what you've heard, uh, check us out, everybody. Go to uh, leave a review if you'd like wherever you listen to podcasts. Leave us a review; that's always helpful. You can go to crimeandmusic.com. Leave us a speak pipe, like you just heard from Val and from uh, Skittles. There, uh, you can find us on all the social medias at Crime in Music. Um, C R I M E I N M U S I C Crime in Music. We love hearing from you guys. My God, thanks for listening. There's a guy in St. Louis. Uh, I know you're out there listening, buddy. We're going to get to you next time we are back on the air. So uh, wherever you're listening, here, there, everywhere, 
boy, uh, get a hold of us. We love hearing from you. That's why we do the show. Man, you got anything else to to throw out there for the people? So we got a lady from Quebec calling us, and then this guy from Saint Louis. That all these French people. I didn't know we had oh, such a French. So much, so much, so much French. It's the French takeover. Ooh la la. Mm-hmm. Well, if you want to be a French takeover, reach out, talk to us. But uh, other than that, we'll be back uh, same bat time, same bat channel for another music history true crime podcast about people in and around the music business. And if uh, you like that, hit us up. And like the song says, never trust a big butt and a smile. <laughs> So I hit, I can hit the stop button. All right. It's NFL draft season, and that means it's time to start thinking about fantasy football. FantasyPoints.com features industry-leading experts and prognosticators using proprietary hand-charted data to help you score more fantasy points. FantasyPoints.com is the place to go for whatever kind of fantasy football you play. Whether you play fantasy football, daily fantasy sports, or do a little bit of everything, Fantasy Points has the meticulously researched content to guide you to victory. And why wait for the fall? Fantasy Points also covers the new spring football league, the UFL. Join the guru, John Hansen, Scott Barrett, Joe Dolan, and other massive names in the fantasy football universe with an exclusive offer. Use code Pantheon for 15% off any Fantasy Points package, including the all-in package, with access to every article, tool, and data nugget that Fantasy Points has to offer. That's FantasyPoints.com and code Pantheon for 15% off at Fantasy Points. FantasyPoints.com, code Pantheon. Score more Fantasy Points.